Yo, what's up? What's up? It's the Hungry Millennial back again with another edition of Millennials Are. Today we have father, coach, and former coal miner and founder and director of Take Action Today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you Mike Tyson. Yo, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? All right, man. What's going on? Oh, not much, man. You know, I'm, I'm glad to get a celebrity like yourself, <laughs> a highly motivated individual, you know, to come on and, and talk about recovery and addiction and things like that. Because it's kind of weird. Like, I was like, you actually motivated me a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep just moving forward because I'm like, man, Mike, he, he got a Facebook page now? Oh, he got an Instagram? Oh, he got one of these, but like, I don't realize that I was deployed for a year. So like a lot of things happen. So how are you, bro? I am doing awesome, man. I'm so glad to be here, dude. That was a big year you were gone, especially so. So this is what's going to blow your doors off right here to start your show off. Okay. All right. So all all of that stuff that you see is because of you. So listen, we had a conversation, uh, it was probably early winter 2019, right after I was just starting to think about some of this stuff. Dude, I've never done this type of work before in my life. At the point, I had been going to school for about a year, I think. And, and I think I'd been kind of kind of talking a little bit because I, I talk out things on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that you would have responded to a few things because I think you could tell that I was going through some changes. And I uh-huh. think that I was like, Man, it, I think it was a post about LinkedIn. I was like, I'm trying to learn how to be. I've always been a coal miner my whole life. I'm trying mm-hmm. to learn how to operate and move in a new space. Um, how do I how do I use these tools like LinkedIn to develop myself professionally? And I, I promise you, I think you were the first person to respond. And me and you ended up in a conversation later on that evening or maybe the next day Um Man, I was sitting on a safe box back in my room talking to you, and you told me, you said, what you have to do is you have to go to every meeting, attend every seminar, watch every video that you can to learn the, the to learn the the, uh, the lingo, to learn the way people communicate, to learn the subjects. And I was like, okay, man, that's what I'll do. And then you were like, and you've got to get out there and you got to put yourself out there on social media and start doing some things and really let people know what you're doing. And, and so, man, I took that and I ran with it. Um, and it was such great advice because uh, um, another piece of that was you said, make yourself the person that people come to when they have questions. And wow. a year later, I have made myself that person in this field that what I'm doing. And I say that with all humbleness because I really come from a servant's heart with all that I do. But now people are coming to me and they're asking me about the things that I talk about. They're asking mm-hmm. me about some of the subjects that I've been talking about over the last year. Um, like I said, that's been a busy year uh, that oh. you were gone as far as our organization, because we've really um, I've moved into sort of this advocate role. You know, when you and I started talking a few years back, I was kind of in this transitional phase 
going from being a coal miner to I don't know what I was going to. You know, we tried this, <laughs> we tried the roofing sales thing. Uh, and oh, then I I've been to, there. Who did you? Who, I know, did, right? you, who did you? Back who, normal. You you was you was with B two N. I was with so B two N right as well. Yeah, I was there right before you. That's how I ended up connecting with you because I think you were going through training with them. And at the time, I was working with Terminex. And yeah, what? you kind of talking about uh, about a home you were working on or something? It was like through that. Jason Stein, I think. I think it was. It might have been through. Was it? You know Jason, don't you? Yeah, Jason well, he Stein? he worked there at that same time too. Because somebody said something. I don't. That's it's weird how those connections. Look at you with the mug, like right. like. Like I, I don't know, man. Mike goes all in. Like I finally had a conversation, and that's why I started the podcast, bro. Because like I, I was having all these conversations, but they were kind of going nowhere. And I, I value my time a lot. Like I can make money, right? Yes. But time, I can't give back to my child. I can't give it back to the troops. Like I can't give it back to my community if I'm busy telling people what the sauce is. Like nobody. It's weird. Like. One day it seems like you fumble on success because people are like, oh, man, you're so successful. How you do it? I'm like these vegetables. This water. <laughs> and super like, greens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, couple less burgers, like yeah. uh, less breakfast. Like one of the one of the the uh, the, the podcast you sent me from the, the brain thing. I've actually been doing that like the last two weeks like ever since i watched the podcast he told me what he did in his routine and, and you know i'm i'm a pragmatic person so i'm like if there are steps that i can do to make my life better that aren't gonna you know change too much but it's gonna be slight like and that, mm -hmm. that changed my it, it's weird it, it feels like i say it changed my life every week because i'm so hungry for knowledge yes. but like i think it's a blessing that you were like i was just you had said something and it and i was just like Mike, call me. I think I was actually in the Southern Illinois area at the time. I think I was yeah. visiting somebody and I was like, you know what? He just needs some encouragement right now. And, and it's strange because you're not a millennial. So you weren't born into technology. Technology is a totally new thing. But but I think <laughs> Gary V explained this one time. He was like, if you guys figure out technology, your life is going to change. The people that are actually going to make the major moves in technology are the older generation because they have all the knowledge and they have all of the information that we didn't have. Like we listen to instant and y'all had to get long knowledge. You actually had to pick up a book at some point and like go line by line. I don't have to do that anymore. And we still get we still get millennials that. I'm like, dog, you you know better than this. You could have Googled this in 2.5 seconds. Like, I'm very short. It's kind of weird. I'm working on myself. I'm working on smiling, being more happy. And I'm just grateful every day that I can be on the earth because I'm like, it's a new opportunity to have a new conversation. Absolutely. Like, it, but it, the problem is, is when you're in that space, it bothers a lot of people, right? They think they're like, oh, you're arrogant. Oh, you're mean. Nothing bothers you. You know, and, and you have to watch the words that you say to other people. And like in recovery, I, I know you probably go through this, too, because it's like you can easily say it's not that hard. But each person is fighting their own individual battle. And that that means so much to me. Like, you know, I, that's why I'm glad I, I don't know. Did you recommend the book Emotional Intelligence? 
Okay, I so I, I went through that book, streamlined through that one, and then I got caught on to ego authority and failure, and it just it, it changed my life. Like during a deployment, like it changed my life because I'm like, somebody said something to me about empathy, and they were like, you know what, you need to learn. So you got the muscles, you got the leadership ability. You're like a very type A personality, but if you learn how to be a chameleon, that's going to change your life. Yeah. So I started being more aware of how I was approaching people and talking to people. And I started using the troops to feed my planning process. And that's when things changed. And then I started implementing one thirds, two thirds, which is life changing. One thirds planning for me, two thirds for the troop movement and everything else. Two thirds is about the troops. One third. I need to be tight. I need to be on it. So even during deployment, I was waking up at zero four in the morning to get to the you know, tactical operations center or to even if we were going out the gate on mission, I was doing that early. I made sure the troops were seeing me work out in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, sir is out there. When you go going to use the restroom, because we didn't have indoor plumbing out there. When you go going to use the restroom on, on base, you see sir running or stretching or because we didn't have no weights. So I would be doing push-ups and the armbands and stuff like that. But it's crazy how like the small seeds and just a little bit of work. It ain't like you got to go crazy. You don't have to go Rambo. So that being said, like what, what, okay. So <laughs> you're telling me oh, I inspired I, you to start take on, action today. Hold on just a second. So, so what you just said right there, what'd you say in a podcast a few weeks ago, consistent action relative to your resources. Yeah. That's what you have to have. It doesn't have to be huge steps. It doesn't have to be always be, you know, some great thing. And it doesn't have to always be some Zen thing, but it's that, but it's consistency over the long stretch yeah. that people see you do that because they might see you out there for a week or two. Everybody does that. But yeah. when they see you out there for two or three months, four months, a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one of the big things that's kind of separate that I learned and applied with some of this stuff that I'm doing right now, because in the beginning a year, ago people didn't really take me serious i could have chose to got mad about that you know Mm -hmm. i could have chose to got get bitter which i Mm -hmm. saw other people that were like me that just wanted with good intentions wanting to serve the community but -hmm. they didn't want to take the steps i did with getting organized like i did and they would get frustrated why won't people support me why won't people get behind us you know, and I, I could have taken that same mentality, too, because I had people that wouldn't return my phone calls, would start mm. conversations with me and then ghost me. Mm. And I could have got bitten bitter like that, too. But I knew if I apply that consistent action over mm. the course of a matter of time, which is usually about a year, you know, sometimes it's longer than that. But that consistent action over that year and people realize that you are who you say you are, it opens a lot more doors and it changes minds about you. And it can really it really puts you into a rare category of leadership because a lot of people cannot be consistent in their actions. You know, and Mike, it's interesting that you say that because I started off listening to Grant Cardone, you know, um, He's a very, you know, like Southern, you know, Southern guy, you know, and he was addicted to drugs and he took that mentality and uh, he just he turned it into an empire and he's into some religious things that, you know, I'm not so into, but I don't judge anybody's course of how they got there. If they're inspiring, motivating people, I take that inspiration because I don't idolize anybody. That's the problem is people, they start doing these 
different things. You're like, yeah, I was so motivated. And then I found out this. And I was like, that doesn't mean you throw away that because this happened, Yeah, you know? And so, so I'm like, you know what? Like I was working at a car dealership and we was trying to up our vehicle count and all that stuff. I was an internet data specialist. This is while I was in college. I was making minimum wage, you know, just going in happy to go to work. And my internet data uh, sales manager, uh, shout out to Matt Sears. He, he was like, Hey, um, well, if you want more money, how you gonna how you gonna bring me more money? I was like, well, I found out I had to do more, right? So that meant more pictures. That meant more of these. I mean, I never got major money out of it, but I learned so much. That's where I, I found my passion it. for detailing cars. You know, yeah. it, it's weird the things that you pursue with that type of audacity that's gonna change your life. That escalates. It just continues to escalate, and in the military is hard because as much as people are motivated, there there's a ceiling on that in the military. Yes. A lot of people, they've gotten there. They've yeah. had the deployments. They've had the, they've, you know, fought bullets. And, you know, is and I talk about this in, in uh, past episodes on the podcast is we'll get a new soldier who's not a new soldier. You know, he's, you know, 15, 20 year veteran, Ranger tabs, you know, everything that a kid could imagine that a warrior a soldier could be. But he's not bringing it that day. He's not bringing it when he comes to that unit. This is his down path. And you never know who's watching. And those are the pivotal things that, that have really changed my life. I go from Grant Cardone to Gary V to all these other people. And they just like document, dude. Like they, they're just going out there and doing it and having conversations. You actually, you remind me a lot of Grant Cardone because, you know, you got the, the Southern accent thing going on. And, and <laughs> it's just be good like, looking too. well, in the tenacity that you bring to the table now is different. Like even with this podcast, there are certain people that like on, I, I've, I've, I've probably sent out, you know, uh, asked probably maybe 60 people or so. And I've got 27 responses to the, the, uh, the, this original survey, you know, everything that I I've created professionally, but like, I find so much in the passion of doing everything and, and navigating the path that I just keep going. You see another person and 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 you're like, I, I've got, you know, 2,500 friends on Facebook and, probably 50 to 75% of them are millennials. And then we can have a conversation like this with a non-millennial. This is where the, this is where the real juice comes out because we can learn from millennials and we can learn from, you know, just generation X boomers, everybody Z, you know what I mean? I'm open to everybody, but if you don't create the platform, ain't nobody going to come. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't create Absolutely. it, we're just wandering around in circles. Like I, some of the greatest employees I ever had as a general manager, we're recovering, you know, alcoholics. We're recovering drug addicts. Some of the best soldiers I've ever known. And that's why I wanted to have you on because it just, it made sense. I'm like, people are hurting. Like, any one of us are one second away from picking up a joint. A, a, okay, a cigarette. Then, uh, hey, hey, bro, hit this weed. You know what I'm saying? And then it's, oh, hit this a real epidemic we had in the military was K2. They called it spice. Yeah. You see, the thing is, Dude, that is, stuff went through the coal mines too, about, uh, what? uh it mid, is potpourri. About 2010 or something like that. I know. And there was so many, cause you, that's they could, when I, they to, do that's it, when they I went could, to basic uh, bro. Yeah. They could pass the drug test on it. Oh man. Know? So, yeah. so that's, so the coal miners would do it because they was all weed heads anyway, that couldn't smoke anymore. Cause of the uh -huh. randoms. 
Yeah. Didn't want you don't want to you don't want to go home and lose a hundred thousand dollar year job because you dropped dirty. You know, so but that's what I was like. I was like, dude, that's uh potpourri with a, is a there, chemical is, sprayed on it. Do you hear music in the background? Yeah, that's my phone. I didn't oh, want, I didn't want to turn around and answer it. So oh you should have had it on vibrate. You're gonna edit this, aren't you? <laughs> nah, we live, Mike. This is the, the middle is the middle. It's okay though. You know, <laughs> it's a real podcast. I, I, I apologize for that. I should have had it on. Oh, no worries. Side, You're fine. That's, do you know what? It's a growing point in the in the email. I'm just going to add that in the email that I sent out to everybody. <laughs> so, so but, I'll, get, I'll go millennial, millennial on you. Go ahead. What were you hey, saying? Hey, what are you saying, bro? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it works, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know. It's funny. I, I had to with work. I had to stop. I, I literally put my phone on. My phone is on. Did not disturb like all day. Like if I'm dating somebody they're like, why are you ignoring me? Like, yeah, because I, I got to work so I can make money so I can take you out for a drink. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, yeah, I can't do that. I stuff, can't, you know, I can't do it, man. I got I usually have my phone all day. Uh-huh. Like sometimes it gets on silent and I'll miss a couple phone calls or something like that. Well, Apple Watch, Apple Watch, I ain't got it on me, but that Apple Watch, it'll change your light. Whatever phone, you know, company you with, Samsung, it works too. But like yeah, a lot I'm of Android, I'm an Android, bro. Hey, get you get you that Samsung. <laughs> I got Samsung buds that I use at work. They actually work better. I don't like carrying them little weird white iPhone headphones right. with me. They just look weird. I look like an alien. Like what is they this? They do look weird, man. That's yeah. iPhones like that. It's like they it's like you got to pay all this extra money to be in their club and then they're going to make you look, look silly too. Well, you and know? but the they, functionality, once you get an iPhone, it's like and you get hooked. Yeah, but like and, and you and you can't get hacked. You know, speaking of iPhone though, the Steve Jobs in the, of the world and all those people, they yeah. started just like us. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting to- topic, you know? Um, so think about that. Um, like we, like we think about Steve jobs, which Steve, Steve jobs, you know, we hold him in high esteem still, but uh-huh. you think about somebody like a, like a Bill Gates, you mm-hmm. know, di- I mean, didn't he start off as just a normal person? And yeah. Well, developed- both of them were actually like, yeah, right. Heavy pot smokers. Yeah. There's a big, like they were pot smokers yeah, playing like, video games. Uh, that, that's, that's what it was. Right. Like, the culture is all around us. So, so, and then you think about uh, you think about Jeff Bezos. You mm-hmm. know, he started Amazon. There are pictures on Facebook of him in his garage starting Amazon. And and unfortunately, I guess because these people take unscrupulous measures along the way mm-hmm. or somehow, but we've gotten to a place where we demonize people that are able to achieve high levels of success. Uh, oh, yes. Jordan Peterson talks about that. Yeah. So I, I think that there's, and I don't know if I guess there's something to, um, um, like I said, the, the process of how you get there, you know, be mm-hmm. good with it, you know, be careful who you step on because, mm-hmm. you know, in 20, 20 years, it might, they, you know, you might. Yeah. I get be, it. Be alienated because, you know, you took advantage of some people. But, but the counterculture know? is to hate the rich. Yeah, it is. That's what I'm saying. The billionaires. And these are people, these are not people that were born into money. These no. were people that hustled. And they're not they, sitting and Mike, they're not sitting on a board saying we're gonna yeah. keep all these people down and step on their heads. Yeah. I know millionaires, and yeah. most of them are extremely generous people. Jimmy yeah. John, say what you want about his ethics relative to things that are technically legal. Yeah. Um, 
he's a great like guy. Say, so so there and has he, to be some sort of standard in how you get yeah, there. But but know? he 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 throws concerts. He like he was really loud when you worked for him yeah. as an employee. A lot of it it trickled all the way down to the bottom. Like he would do lavish stuff for his employees, and so. Yeah. It, but it's interesting. You got to start, and I'm glad you started. So, yeah. what 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 else inspired you? So, tell me about your. I mean, if you feel comfortable talking about it, how you were affected by drug use or or any of those things. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel I feel comfortable. Okay, you know, I I want to. You know, I, no, no, and it's and it's good so because you, like, you never know how people are. So so and I started as a juvenile delinquent. So my, my issue started long before the drug use did. Um, when I was okay. about 14 years old, I basically turned into just a man, an antisocial punk is really not what it was, dude. I was, I was just, I was extremely dysfunctional. I, um, you know, and I ended up, ended up getting into a lot of trouble. By the time I was 15 years old, I was actually stood, stood standing in front of a judge the first time. Um, wow. a couple grand theft auto charges and several fel several misdemeanors that were enough to be a couple felonies. So here I was at 15 years old standing in front of a judge and people were wanting to lock me in the, the worst juvenile prisons that you could put somebody in in the 80s and 90s in Georgia. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on. So you're saying even as a white male, 15 year old, they wanted to throw you and lock you up. I'm telling you that as I, far I think as that I this, think that's, this white 15 year old, uh huh, dude. I, I, they, I think that's the and the reason why I highlight that is I think that's powerful. Yeah, because a lot of people put a a face, you know what I'm saying, put a demographic on something, and people are. I, I made a podcast about equality like a couple days ago, and it was just about the fact that like once you start blanketing everything, people that are are hurt. Because there are a lot of people like you that will never have a conversation with a guy like me just because they are bitter because they feel like America is against them because they've had different opportunities. You know what I mean? But they're still hurting that community. So if you shut that person off, and you don't allow them to express themselves or, or even say what's on their mind. I, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. I'm just once you've said it now we have to have a conversation about why you think that's okay but we can never have that conversation if we're canceling people that's anyway right. carry on 15 year old it, mike well you know i mean well back but like what you just said man there's something very powerful in what you just said because it's those conversations that help us define what is what is moral and what is good in society mm -hmm. when we don't have those conversations it allows for extreme ideology because that is going to happen and no matter Both what sides. no matter who we are yeah it's it's something with the human condition that when we get isolated in little pockets by ourselves we 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 just we we adhere to extreme ideology, but when we have conversations about it, we can tell people, "Man, you sound like an idiot right now." Yeah, no, for you sure. Know, you need to you need to get educated. You need to figure something out. But when we can't have those conversations, you just you get people isolated to themselves, and that's when things get really toxic. Really, fast. yeah, no, for sure, man. It and it's weird. I don't know if you've read Victor Frankel's uh, uh, "Man Search of Search for Meaning." No, I've but, never read the book, but I know yeah. I know about Victor Frankel's work. Yeah. It's in a lot of our psychology stuff. What is, I forgot. This you is know? one of the things that I love about you 
is that you are so broad based on some of the subjects that you 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 not only read, you study, you well, learn that, from. But Mike, that's hard because it also makes me a little scatterbrained sometimes. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, that one. OK, I could talk about this all day. But the other problem is, is people in society aren't having deep conversations anymore. It's yeah. typically about, oh, work sucks. Oh, we got a lot of packages. Oh, yeah. we got to go to drill. I'm like, hold on. There's there's a backlog to that because you bless because you can go to drill. Like I had a, a a a conversation with one of my troops who was uh he he worked with with my platoon a little bit while we were on deployment. He was like, man, I drove to that unit five hours uh for fifteen minutes. And I was like, you realize you just made forty dollars an hour technically, right? Because you got the rest of the weekend. They paid you you know, $200 a day or so, you know, whatever it is per day, $150, you know, a dollars a day per this drill weekend, you came and did what you need to do. And it was to grab your gear. And we could, now we complaining on social media, like you ain't just get the bag. And now you can, technically you can go back tonight and you can work another shift if you wanted to. I mean, that's, that's what I would do, but I don't recommend people be crazy, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) <laughs> like I've had to learn, like I've got a new uh, a review that I'm doing of uh, one of 50 cents new books where he talks about like the balance of work and sleep. But anyway, carry on with, with your story. Yeah. 50 cent was a hard working one too, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, you talk about hustling. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody getting ahead from yeah. hard work, you know, so, so you, so you anyway, went from so, the so back to, yeah. So, <laughs> so what I was, so basically dude, from 15 to 18, I spent in different boys homes. Uh-huh. And different types of juvenile facilities. Okay. Um, so I, I spent I spent about six months in that period because here's what would happen. There really was no there really was no other recourse probably for anybody in my life because I was that wild. Um, I would get out and within within weeks I would just I would be I would be good and then within weeks I would just like something would short circuit in my brain and I'd just be off acting crazy. Man. Um, so that's why they basically just ended up stuffing me in a rehab. Um, I didn't even have a drug problem back then because I spent so much time locked up that I couldn't get into drugs and alcohol as a teenager. (laughs) So, and and, dude, I attribute some of that to why I was able to make it through some of the drug use later on because my brain got more developed before the drug Mm. use really started because most of my friends started around 14 or 15. I just happened to. Okay. Go ahead. What? So no, it, yeah, and then I so and then I basically continued that pattern on into my adulthood. But uh, as so, when I get out of this eighteen month long rehab as an eighteen year old, basically age out of the system, I, I managed to keep my life together for about four months, and then I, mm-hmm. that was when the drug addiction really started. Started. I started drinking all the time. Um, I ended up in twenty nineteen. I ended up being diagnosed with uh, bipolar manic depressive. Um, so mm-hmm. basically what my life was like, was like a bunch of this and then a bunch of this. Um, and so really what I was caught up in was the grips of mental illness a little bit. And then also I was dealing with some trauma that happened along the way of my, uh, incarceration. I mean, there's something about the formula, formulative years of my life being spent in those situations where, and, you know, to be honest, there were times when I would have to make a decision. Am I going to eat? It's funny, but am I going to eat my cornbread or not? You know, not mm. a cornbread, but it was little, you know, little brownies that we would have because there mm. would be people that would bully you and try to, you know, try to try to push you around. So you couldn't let them do like that. So mm. like so this stuff created trauma in my life. 
Um, You know, and this is one of the things that I talk about in a lot of the stuff that I do when we talk about recovery is that there are a lot of people out there that are dealing with situations and experiences like that that have left them with trauma. And that a lot of times when we get into addiction and heavy substance use, uh, that trauma is really at the core and at the base of things once you get past some of those issues. Yeah. Um, I really think that uh, uh, addiction is is definitely a chronic and progressive disease, mm-hmm. but it's but it's also something that um, um, is a symptom. Of, of, a, of a larger issue, whether it be mental illness or it be trauma. I mean, and really a lot of what we talk about in everything anymore with, with substance use, homelessness, all of it, and mm-hmm. it, it is trauma, you know, and, and that is something that I am really curious to see how, how your experiences, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and your leadership ability helps other veterans deal with Mm. some of that trauma because some of the stuff that that you guys have experienced and maybe not particularly you Mm -hmm. you know um and and we'll probably get into some of this later so i don't want to get ahead of myself no you're good but you know you talk about you talk about millennials recovering Mm -hmm. you know it i i really put a lot of thought into that and what i got thinking about is looking at what you guys are recovering from because you think about almost 19 years of a perpetual state of warfare Mm-hmm. that 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 your generation more than anybody my well, generation opium. dealt with the development of technology and with the mm-hmm. internet your mm-hmm. generation dealt with war on a level that most of us didn't yeah i think it's it's weird um and like i've got to be better at this but i my brand of assistance is personal accountability and that's hard for a lot of people to face and I'm learning to be more emotionally intelligent about it. I'm learning to process it people for who they are without judgment. And part of that process is this podcast. Mm, And, and because I started, you know, like you see, like every now and I'm like, because I've got so much broad knowledge about a bunch of different things that I want to like, yeah, I got to experience there too. You know, I, the other day I started creating chapters for a book that I want to write one day, but uh, it's, it's been weird. It's been different because in the military you have, we have a bunch of um, resources and externally the country has a bunch of resources for veterans. The problem is, is subduing that pride and going and getting those resources and saying that I have a problem and I need help and I need to get it now. And a lot of my brothers and sisters in arms aren't ready for that conversation. And I don't know if it's just because it's for me. And and the hardest part is, is when you move through the officer ranks, they think that, oh, this is just another officer trying to tell us what to do or what we need to do. And I've never, Mike, I've never done anything in the military really for, for personal gain, except for like, I just want to make sure my paycheck's coming on time, but (laughs) you know how the government works at times. I love it to death. Like it's it's helped me out a lot, but they're, they're re they're redoing the educational system. I'm trying to go get my master's as well. So that's awesome. It's just, there's so many resources like and even the the class a military course that I took a couple weeks ago 
Um, it was virtual. I got a bunch of links and stuff, but a lot of people don't want to have the conversations about that. But a lot of times you got to have a platform, you know? So in the comments section, you know, I, in the description for this video, I'm probably going to, me and you are going to talk over, you know, at a later date, you know, cause this is going to be, you know, um, it's going to be put out soon, but, uh, we're going to talk about like some of the, the tags and stuff, because sometimes the best way to reach the people is through a medium that they understand and that they can grasp versus, Hey, da, 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 da. And, you know, I started, stopped asking why people did it, but how, yeah. and when and where and all the questions around why that don't sound nearly as offensive as why because if i'm if if i'm um as a as an officer if i'm counseling you and chaptering you out with the why i've also failed you that's that, that's we're failing our people mm-hmm. I, i'm failing if something happens with one of my troops and then I, I've had some soldiers that I've had to give some bad evals, I failed them. Yes. Cause that's, I didn't get them to help. Right. And it's that extreme ownership that's going to change their lives and my life and other people's lives. So we've got to get real with the conversation. That's why every time you guys, somebody posts on take action, you know, today and I, I see it, I heart it and I like it. Cause I'm like, I'm here and I'm fighting with you. And a lot of times it's just support and having conversations mm-hmm. there. there, There's a, uh, a guy that I'm going to have on. He's a sergeant on uh, in, in the uh, South Carolina guard. He's getting out here pretty soon, but he wrote a book on trauma, you know? So I, I guess I'm having those conversations through the best medium that I possibly can. And, and it's tough because it's you're and a lot of people take this the wrong way too. When I, when I became a captain, over there it changed things like i had to distance myself even more and that wasn't out of my own fruition that was out of for the from for the troops the boundary well because they couldn't it's it's a weird line when you get promoted it's a weird line when you level up it's a weird line as an officer because it's 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 a very uh and that's why i also started podcasting more while i was over there too because it's a lonely life and you have these thoughts that you have to get out mm-hmm. and typically people aren't going to listen directly so you put it out there and be like well if somebody happens to listen to this and it changes one person's life all it takes is one person's life and they create a tree they plant that seed you know and, and it creates a forest because all those seeds are falling around it and then pretty soon you've got you know, you've got the Shawnee and then pretty soon you've got the rainforest, you know, yeah, and man. pretty soon the world's got trees all over the place. That's right. right. Uh, but that that's why I started this to have those conversations. Like I'm not I'm also not the dude that's like, yeah, let's go out and ruck eight miles. But maybe one day I will become the guy that's doing all the warrior competitions and stuff like that with horrible knees. But uh <laughs> Just to reach the veterans have and have the conversation. I, 12 years in, or no, it's 11. 11, 11 officially on my LES. Um, 11 years in, and uh, I've got, man, I'm taking vitamins every day. <laughs> like, I'm, that's why I do it, you know, for that long, you know, long course. Dude, of, you, um, you have to, man. I mean, we don't think about it, especially when we're younger, which we've got mm-hmm. so much more knowledge at our fingertips. What well, I learned from people like you. Yeah, I learned from my pops. I saw the the vitamins. I'm like, why do dude always take these vitamins every day? Dude? I'm like, oh, we we don't really get the supplements that we need as adults. Uh, dude, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, man. It's I started taking supplements just probably about two or three years ago, and dude, mm-hmm. I take some stuff 
like uh, they're called nootropics. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is they they help improve cognitive function, stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just different combinations of different things. It's just like with your physical body, but there are things mm-hmm. that we can take that stimulate neural uh, networking, yeah. uh, stimulate focus, uh, yeah. all of this stuff. And, and, and it's not stuff that, you know, like, like a limitless pill, you know, like we, uh, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper and you, you can figure everything out before everybody else does, but mm-hmm. it, it helps to, uh, spur some of that stuff stuff on um uh, mm-hmm. to re kind of help you rewire some of that neural network on some things um okay you know so you can take these things and they help increase your focus and then as you learn in the process you know so uh it it becomes an enhancement it's like a cognitive enhancement it helps okay. you retain that information helps you focus mm-hmm. on it and helps wire those neural networks that way but it, it that's on a completely different subject no, so you were back to talking about you were back to talking about giving people a platform and and uh-huh. that is so interwoven with what i do through take action today okay um, so we launched our Facebook page, um, you know, just over a year ago. Actually, the 22nd is going to be our one year anniversary. Uh, mm-hmm. That was when we kind of uh, we, we filed our paperwork to to form as a corporation. Um, okay. But also just before that, you know, we launched our Facebook page. Uh, we were having meetings at the time and uh, like board meetings. We started having board meetings in January of last year. And, okay. and we really wanted to make things more tangible for people, for people mm-hmm. to think that, man, you know, it's, it's more of an more than an idea. It's action. So we started a Facebook page, social media. Okay. And I heard this guy tell me one time, you know, to get active on social media. So we started mm-hmm. doing that. And what I took the mentality was, is that it was I wanted to build a platform for people in recovery to mm-hmm. be able to tell their story people that had gone out there, we see so much emphasis put on people that are, are strung out on the worst day of their life and the grip of their addiction, you know, mm-hmm. and then we don't really see much about the story that happens later on when they find recovery and go on to be productive members of society. Yeah, for you sure. Know? There are millions of people out there in this country that are recovering from terrible, debilitating situations that they have overcome. And some of them have gone on to do great and tremendous things. Amazing Um, things. You know, but we wanted to give, um, you know, we living in Southern Illinois down here, you know, there's not a lot of resources for much of anything, let alone a social, a social issue like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or like dealing with homelessness. So, so one of the things that we figured out really early on was that we wanted to, uh, we wanted to we wanted to start building a um, housing facility for people that we okay. could take off the street and we could help them get clean. Um, wow. and, and what uh, what I learned through that was that we couldn't just open one up. And it wasn't because of certifications and stuff, but it was because there needed to be this huge support network. And, wow. and Southern Illinois didn't have it. So we needed to have a platform for people in recovery to build this network. It was really important for me to use people in recovery because it's, it's an, it's a, it's an, a, 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 um, part of the concept of what we do is empowering people in recovery to, to take control of their life and to take action today. Exactly. So (laughs) we wanted to empower them to be able to build the recovery community that they wanted to have. 
you know, okay. for us, by us kind of mentality. You know, what was mm-hmm. that? The old FUBU logo? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what you know about FUBU, Mike? Shout, shout out to LL Cool J, you know? <laughs> that was funny. But, but so uh, – uh, Mike got a little culture in him. Okay, That's right. right. I, I grew up in the 90s. <laughs> so so uh, end of the 80s, man, Mama to knock you out, dude. I had a so back Man, in June, I had to sell it one time, dude. He 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 rapped the whole like album all the time to me with that that Mama mm-hmm. said knock you out album, yeah. like all the lyrics that and, and one of the Prince albums. Man, it was like all I heard for like two months one time. It was insane. Man, hey, when I'm in the gym, sometimes I got to throw on that. I'm bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm bad. Get, get through That's this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bench press. You know. So hello, yeah. Cool J, Go. man. Like. I always wanted to have the honeys and the muscle. You see, I got the little the little hoop earrings. You know? Yeah, dude, they eat the apple. <laughs> Man, he was a monster. Go ahead, though. I... <laughs> then he made Deep Blue. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't know or what was it the shark movie, man. That yeah, was a wild, that was I a wild. It was weird, but I'm glad he you know was played a little strong in that one because I'm. What you in there cooking, LL? You know what I'm saying? Like you went from okay, the, the 90s action movies, man. Uh, and that might have even been in the two thousands, but um, but um, I I, I totally lost my track. No, you good, but, brother? You was talking about you. You was talking about the housing. Yeah, so we realized that there needed to be a larger network, and to build that, we wanted to build the community. So at the core of everything that we do is building a community for people in recovery to be empowered. A lot of that empowerment comes from having a platform to have your voice heard. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and and that's really what we've seen over the last year and a half, right? That there are people out there that are tired of not having their voices heard, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so a lot of these people need a platform. And I really think that that's one of the reasons why, um, one of the things that makes, when you talk about millennials, uh, gives that generation and Generation Z so much power is that they all have a platform at their fingertips so easy, yeah. you know, that, that anybody can have a voice. But there are some people that need that developed for them. So we wanted to give that to people in recovery, people that have overcome homelessness, people that know what it's like to be in those situations mm-hmm. and then to build a new life out of it, you know, well, and yeah. not go ahead. And, and, and that's powerful because the other day, no, while I was on deployment, the first sergeant, you know, because I rub people wrong because I'm so intense sometimes and they just don't get it, you I know. Bet. Well, I needed to change and develop a little bit. I ain't, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I worked on it. I, I worked through it. But she was like, I didn't know you were a homeless Captain Hamilton. And I was like, yeah. Like, and it, it is deeper than that, Mike. I was homeless as a child, Mm -hmm. like every, almost every Christmas I spent in a homeless shelter. Wow. Like with my mom and my five sisters, maybe we had four at the time, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, (laughs) as we got older, it kind of balanced out. I love all of them. Shout out to y'all. I wouldn't be the man that I am today without y'all. Four or six of you. Cooking me popcorn for my birthday because we was broke. We didn't have no cakes. You know, it's just hot sauce with the popcorn. You feel me? I mean, but people don't realize that they like, they see you and how strong you are. And I'm like, my past was my strength. That's powerful that because in Carbondale in Southern Illinois, they had the homeless shelters. They had all these things, but you know, the women's center was the place to be. But after a couple of days, like you, you got like a couple, like a week or something in there. Like you had to leave during the daytime and you come back at night. 
What do five kids and everybody else do at night? Like, yeah. Mike, there was times where we had eggs. Like, the dude, he used to smoke. The cook used to smoke. So the eggs that we was having taste like ash. Mm-hmm. And then later, years later, when I went to the military, we had them same eggs. But uh, <laughs> you, know, you realize you know, it wasn't ashes. That, that, it was just the powder egg. I don't know. I'm like, dang, homie, he really did smoke in this. You know, man, saying? that's funny you mentioned that, dude. I think about that all the time because I used to work in the restaurant industry, dude. Uh-huh. Back back in the day, everybody smoked. Well, they smoked back there cooking your steak, flipping your steak over. You know, you know what I'm saying? At the like, Sizzler. I, I worked at the Sizzler for about a year and a half one time, dude. And, uh-huh. Yeah. It was crazy. It was yeah, crazy. It was a good thing we don't smoke anymore. So so y'all so y'all got the homeless shelter. Did y'all y'all get it set up? Like no, that, no, no, no. You still no. working so, on that? So, work, so that is it, that's in our long term plans. So okay. right now what we're doing, so like I said, we're about to celebrate our first year, which is really okay. cool because we set the goal for our first year to become a 501c3 not-for-profit. Okay. That. What's that? Um, uh, so it's a, it's where things are tax deductible. Okay. You know, you, cool. You're basically so 501c3. Uh, yeah, yeah 501c3. Yeah, with the federal government. You know, okay. so like we're we're a legit charity. We're we're a legit not-for-profit, just like UNICEF. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, so we we did that, and then we also wanted to to get to where we were launching our re- first recovery resource center, which we're going to start doing next month. Really? Um, so so we moved in through through some more work. So kind of kind of what some sage advice like somebody gave me one time about going to every meeting I could and getting involved in everything I could. Um, I got involved <laughs> with all kinds of groups and councils and stuff. So I now. I serve on about four different not-for-profit boards. So wow. I serve on one in Johnson City also, and they were wanting to buy a house as a community. Uh, they wanted to do a community development center in Johnson City because there's it's just, you know, typical Satsuki, Illinois yeah. community, you know, and, and yeah. there's nobody there doing anything right no. now. So, so, so this church spun off a of 501c3 Um they so they have bought a, bought a house and we're going to move in there and we're going to start delivering what we've taken to developing is what's called recovery coaching services, which okay. I believe you're familiar with life coaching and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where yeah. it's real goal orientated, real mm-hmm. motivation oriented, where you're trying to empower a person to be self directed in their life. Sounds um, like my podcast. No. Know, <laughs> Exactly. I was like, I can't you know? coach all y'all individually because I got to still work and make ends meet. But here's a podcast. If you listen, yeah. I'm, I'll try Dude, to help you. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing medium for that. You know what I'm saying? And, well, and, and it was and crazy. Like, like we were talking about with a platform earlier, and with our, with my podcast too. That's what I recognized early on. It was that the power of it to get people on to tell their story. Mm-hmm. In something like what we do, which is really in the not-for-profit industry, but especially in recovery, is we do a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's advocating for resources uh, for uh, for uh, groups of people that 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 need a voice. So we you want to want to help them learn how to tell their story because they're compelling stories. People mm-hmm. love hearing those stories, but when people don't have a platform to tell their story, you know, and then there's something something healing that happens yeah when a person can come on and they can tell their story a little bit because for one there's something powerful in feeling heard you mm-hmm. know we, you don't you we, don't feel we, alone no you don't 
Even even if you don't see eye to eye, just somebody hearing you. It, my it my just, troops, my troops, when we, when we were deployed, they started like an EO, like an equal opportunity group, where they talked about awesome. hard subjects. They talked that's about awesome. male and females. They talked about stigmas. They talked about dating. They talked about race. Like it got real heated, but it, it was beautiful because guess who showed up? The captain. <laughs> guess who did his best to shut up? You know, I'm always talking, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I did my best to shut up, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It, it, the troops did this, the same I, thing. I think that this is where your generation is getting it right, is mm. is the conversations. And I, I know we talk a lot about cancel culture and, mm. and, and you, in the today, but you, you got to realize that when we, when we talk about things like that, we're talking about an extreme minority. Mm-hmm. But the overall general g- millennial generation, it will have conversations about tough subjects. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and that's hard. Yeah, and the ahead. problem is, is it's also getting to the root of those tough, tough subjects that like a lot of people aren't, they, they're not really ready to hear. So yeah. this is a little off tangent, but earlier I saw a comparison to uh, Sue Bird who plays for, uh, the Lakers WNBA, you know, female team and LeBron James. And they were like, LeBron makes millions and she makes hundred thousands. And, but it wasn't a realistic dialogue. Right. Cause people were just posting it out of emotion. Like, how's this fair? Yeah. And I'm like, I wanted to comment and say, this is disingenuous. Cause like, I wanted to ask those people, how many WNBA games have you watched in your entire lifetime? Like yeah. you've got to have viewers yeah. and people that want a product or need something. There's a supply and demand, and it's and, and I'm gonna be honest. It's just maybe if they lower the rims in women's basketball, like you get them jamming. You know what I'm saying? Because I know some girls who they can hoop. I mean, you're a girl's coach for softball, you know. And so, like, there are some very talented women, but we have to be realistic and be like, where's the revenue for this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the pragmatism comes in because I'm like, we're not having realistic conversation. You haven't done enough research to speak on this. And that's why I also started a podcast because one of Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life is tell the truth or at least don't lie. And a major part of that is, is getting to the truth, finding the truth and asking people about the truth. So that's why I'm also glad that you came on a podcast because I, I can speak and speculate about things, but you really don't know. And it's also taught me to stop speculating and start asking the hard questions because you don't know. And you'll find out that a lot of people make assumptions about you and everybody else that they have no clue about. You know, people don't realize, like, even at work, like, there are certain situations that are going on, like, a counter to what what everybody else's route is doing. So, perfect example. You might have 90 stops and I might have 70 stops. But that doesn't show that, like, I'm spread out through three towns. You know what I mean? Like, so you're like, they've got 20 less stops than me, but you don't really know the deep root of it. But we're so quick to snap judgment that that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. So these issues and like you talk about, really, a lot of things in life are complex and nuanced. There's Mm -hmm. there's lots of shades of gray. Way too. Very rarely are things black and white. No. Uh, You know, and that was something that I came to at a point in my 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 faith when I got. So when I came out of homelessness, when I, I, 
I went through a faith-based program called Teen Challenge. It was about a year and a half long program. I, I remember hearing Teen Challenge. So it's 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 not a Christian rehab. It's a discipleship mm. program. So you're basically okay. living in a modern monastery. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as we we studied the Bible, we worked and we studied the Bible, yeah. man. Dude, I picked apples, I picked blueberries, strawberries, and split wood, and then would study the Bible. So it was kind of a weird dynamic, I, I, but it changed my yeah. life. Oh you yeah, know, no, I mean, I, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it changed my life. But um, when I got out of it, I was so I was so black and white in my thinking because mm. I had been fed one dialogue for so long that's deep that that all i saw was black and white and and everything was judgmental and Uh what somebody told me was that you have to be careful swinging the sword of truth because it's a double-edged sword and it cuts both ways and you end up cutting your own people well and that's man that's so powerful because five years ago me started swinging a sword of truth, but like there was a lot of truths that I wasn't facing. And I was like, even some of the reviews that I've done on other YouTube stuff, you know, like whether it was dating, you know, I learned a lot from Alan Roger Curry's mode one, you know, telling what you're really thinking, you know, don't, you know, and I made a pact with myself, like coming back from the deployment, you know, don't lie. Like even, you know, if you're, looking for a relationship for something else and somebody's you know like those are the hardest things that like when you learn stuff you want to go full in hardcore right that was young soldier me too like i thought it was all black and white but until you get that platoon leader time until you see what real command struggles are like i asked the commander the company commander that uh the unit that i deployed with because i wasn't organic to that unit i was actually a battalion um I was actually a staff officer, but they, they said they needed a platoon leader. I'm like, you know what? Send me, I'll go. And I was like, this could be the break that I need to change my life financially. And you know, the relationship with my child, right. I could supply more. Like I was heavy in debt before I left. I started a day Ramsey plan. I saved up my little savings plan and that's all I had to get to Kuwait. People don't know that. Like there's such a weird facade that people have going on that you don't know what's real and what's not. And then you get back and and I had, I have to also be cautious today. You know, when I talk to people, cause you start swinging that sword and you're like, they're not there in that process. Like they're, they're in a different part of their process. Maybe they just need yeah. something basic, right? That's consistent with, with your resources back to that. Right. At some point I had to start like just not ordering too many burgers, you know, until I figured out what veggies I liked. Or what me, you know, and I'm still learning and growing. Like it, it might sound weird, but like a lot of the girls that I've been on dates with have actually changed my life. Cause they're like, oh, you know, we're having a small conversation. Like I learn from way too many conversations. Sometimes I drive myself That's nuts. Because it does. Cause she this girl was like, Yeah, I'm having veggies and salmon. I'm like, so I'll buy a bunch of salmon. They didn't really like that. But then I was like, how can I incorporate veggies? So like one day I'm at Aldi's and I'm like, they got these 79 cent bags. This is two lunches worth. You feel me? So you striking gold right there with your finances because you're like, I could just throw this thing in the microwave. And, you know, everybody out here meal prepping, look at making these beautiful meals. I could throw this in the microwave, you know, take them little frozen chicken breasts, throw them, you know, a couple days ahead of time, throw them in the pan. 
I got my lunch for five minutes and only spent a dollar on it. <laughs> right? I, I'm weird like that, but it's, it's those yeah, little things. But I'm like, if I'm slashing, like you said, if I'm going out with that sword, I'm not learning. I'm not, not developing. That's the beautiful Absolutely. part about life is you never stop learning. You're going to be learning and growing the whole time. So if you focus on the process, it's going to be beautiful for you because you can compare it to every other space you've been to in the Everything. entire world. Every problem you've ever had, a lot of it just feels like small pennies, Mike. I'm telling you, like people look at me crazy because I wear the shorts because they're more functional when I'm delivering packages. Like if it's 50, 40 degrees or above, I'm probably wearing shorts during FedEx because I'm like, I need to be mobile. Right. I'm, you warm up in the truck a little bit, you know, and then you just keep going. If you keep going, you stay warm and, you know, it's just functionality. But like a lot of people look at that. And I'm like, they're like, why aren't you? Are you cold? Why aren't you complaining like everybody else? Why you let them treat you like this? I'm like, because you don't realize in the background, I'm I'm compensated fairly well because I've always, I decided, Mike, I decided I was going to go above and beyond. I was going to leave nothing on the table. Right. Because I remember a me that would come back with 20 packages to the warehouse. I'm not ashamed to say that. I was a starter. I was a yeah. beginner. I was sore every night. I would come home every night and I would not, I would go get the burger from Burger King and I would drink all the sodas and I would, you know, all these things. Once I started, man, but once I started doing all the small things, like, you know what I don't do? I don't buy soda. I don't put it in the house. If I am going to have a soda or some type of beverage or something, Mike, I got five, but my life has changed so much because of part of that deployment too. I got five bottles of wine in my room that I haven't touched in like weeks. Like, I just, I don't have the, and I used to, every night, I used to, you know, have a little, little drink, you know, just to calm your nerves, because you're in pain. You're in pain, you know? And I just look at it, you know, like, you know, if I'm I'm hanging out with a lady friend, I'm like, well, I got some wine at the crib. You want to have a glass? Cool. You know, fine. But there's, there's, there's a process to that versus me craving something else like i crave the process so much that i'm like after i go deliver a route heavy or light i'm coming to podcast i was like you know what because i i tried to hit you up earlier and i was like i was gonna be like uh mike can we just do this you know tomorrow i'm like no dog this is you this is what you got a passion for you better get on in there champ get in there dog well, and all the people you talk to, like you, it, 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 I had to make this platform for the people, because if I make it for the people, my why will help you overcome any how, any your why. Like people don't have a why for what they do. That's why they quit. When you have a why for what you do, it changes everything. And I see that growth in you. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I see that growth. I'm like, take action today dot net i look at your email and i'm like that's powerful my man he got his affiliate link on here and he got his website and he got all this and that's a lot for somebody of your generation to throw all that together with <laughs> limited resources with limited resources like Dude, I, like college you see that website here. you see, you see mm-hmm. that website yeah I, I, I did that okay okay i could do all i could do was facebook until okay. until i launched we launched that website Mm-hmm. I advertised. I couldn't find anybody because I'm like you, dude. Like you talk about, you talk about that uh, that technology gap. 
That's mm-hmm. a real thing, man. It really uh, is. It has been it has been extremely difficult for me to learn to do stuff. And then I got into the coal mines where I didn't have to do. I didn't have Nothing. to learn some of that stuff. Y- y'all still got canaries I- down there? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. As a matter of fact, we do. No, um, but uh, eleven years in that technology, technology went even farther. So eleven more years, I was behind. And so mm. when I when I decided to enroll in online, I take online classes. Okay. You know, so that was proud a of you, huge by the way. Le- that was thank you. That was a huge leap, and it was a huge stretch to me. There again, um, it was something just like with uh, just like with starting the not for profit stuff, where I had to really stretch myself. I had mm-hmm. to commit myself, you know. And and then and you talk about that extreme ownership. Yeah. I had I had to give up things that hurt. Because because this goal meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. I've always had a GED. I've mm-hmm. always thought that I was just a dumb coal miner. So mm-hmm. for me to go to college and to actually get a degree, heaven forbid, when I started making good grades, oh my gosh, it's amazing my head fits through the door sometimes. <laughs> but but so I so I advertised trying to find somebody to help me design the website for me. You know, it's we're mm-hmm. a volunteer organization. We don't have any money. So it was really difficult. Couldn't get anybody really to do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on here and, and I'm going to watch this YouTube video. Watch a 25 minute mm-hmm. YouTube video on WordPress. And I played with it all day till I built our website. That is, and it's and, and and I'll admit that it's it's not the most primo website. No, but but, but I think you appreciate because of that technology gap. Because I've heard you mention it twice, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you what that's something that a lot of people don't think about. But in my, as far as my experience, just you mentioning that and recognizing that it, it means something to me because that's a real thing. And, and for me, it, like I say, developing that website was just an amazing uh, feat for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and the thing is, I benefit both ways on that because I'm like, people think like, so, so I went up when I went up to Chicago this past weekend to like get my gear. One of the sergeants was like, Hey, somebody showed me a screenshot of your, you was on TV or something. And I'm I'm like, I guess kind of like it's a podcast. Like it was, you know, it's just been all the rage and like all the people that have, taught me and learn and grow like I it brings me to tears you know like watching all that stuff and like watching people develop and you know uh this is just between me and you and I guess the podcast now but there was a moment there was a moment after I grabbed my bags and I just wept and I just wept Mike because of the deployment how much I learned and I grew and uh it was just powerful because those troops really changed my life. Like when I put that, like they really changed my life because it opened me up to a bunch of possibilities and how much they needed good leaders, how much they needed just somebody to listen to them. Even the ones that didn't make the best decisions when they were in the dumps about their bad decisions. Mm -hmm. My job as a leader is not to judge. It's to take care of the troops. That means the ones that are in trouble and the ones that are not. And that is so fulfilling to me because at any point in time, a dumber me could have been in those situations. Mm -hmm. Like people forget about grace. Yes. People forget about grace. We haven't had that conversation. Is that how your generation does the heart? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think we got that from y'all. Huh? We, you know, we out here doing something like, oh no, I, sorry, I'm not in the gang. Anybody just, just when y'all see this podcast, I wasn't trying to do that. I don't know how they do it now, but um, yeah, it, it's it's deep and it's deeper than us. And those roots, they infiltrate everything. And that, with cancel culture, a lot of stuff like people don't realize the root was because everybody was taught these things and hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Like I know a lot of people who went through hurt that hurt other people that they didn't even know they were hurting other people because they didn't know that way was wrong. And so in in society, we create these ethos and pathos that, you know, like, but ethics are kind of tied to the environment and the subculture that you're a part of. Yes. I was re I was listening to a podcast about uh, a reformed pimp and he explained that like that was a way of life because he was a part of a subculture of the black community that didn't have anything. And so he wasn't, you know, human trafficking became a thing where like, you know, obviously it's bad, but like a lot of the women that he was with, they didn't have another way to make any type of money. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a way to make any type of money. You come out with felonies on the streets from something that was petty and you have a, you know, the root of the police force was the chain gang. It was slavery. Prior to slavery, they didn't have police. So you have a culture, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's not that people don't like police officers, the persons. It's just the ideology that has been tied to that culture since we had to had to build this country. You know, it's deep, you know. But he was talking about how like they he treated like he had he had children with a lot of these women. Like they were there because a lot of them were there because they loved him. You know, like right. it was a culture to get by and to make it through. But with cancel culture, they're like, lock this man away. He's a horrible person. But like he was he was born to a pimp and a prostitute that grew up to become people that gave him a little bit of hope. And that's kind of the problem is you don't realize like that that demon, that that skeleton, that closet. You just the door just hasn't popped open yet, you know, and the more that you stab at other people and go deep. And, and I'm I'm glad like my generation has also started like this counterculture to the cancel culture. Like, hey, bro, like you're not going to go up over here and try to cancel nobody and you ain't perfect. But like that's that's the kind of the problem with our countries. We throw these macro blankets over everything like it's OK. But go. Get, get out of here and i had to stop yeah. doing i had to learn as a leader don't do that because the uh, the bureaucracy can kind of infiltrate everything surrounding you and you Absolutely. don't want to become that leader but once i became that selfless guy bro i stopped thinking about a promotion i was a lieutenant when i deployed but in the yeah. beginning i'm like man if i make this captain pay i can make this 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 wrong answer because that type of mentality infiltrates everything that you do yes and so you're you're selfish and then you start looking at other people. You start counting they they money. You start you start to become bitter. And Jordan Peterson, you know, that's when I started listening to the book because it changed my life. Because it was like focus on who you were yesterday, become a better person. And once I focused on the process, one day I checked my email, and it said there's a letter in your iperms. Iperms is like the little system that they have for the army documents. And you know, I was I woke up early and I was you know checking my emails. And it said, Captain Hamilton. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? 
So, you know, I went to the, the actual commander and I was like, hey, bro, you know, obviously we uh, we both captains now. So I'm like, hey, bro, man, you know what I'm saying? I still <laughs> throw the boss at him, you know, to like, yeah. you know, never outshine the master because you, you they need support, too. And you underneath them. So even after I became a captain, it was send me, I'll go whatever you need, bro, whatever you need, dog. Like, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful to be here. And they back paid me a little bit and it was great. And I was able to up child support to my baby mama. And I was, and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna send you this, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to figure this out. And once I started looking at things from a, a give, 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 and don't ask without any thought process of the result, I just started being blessed Absolutely. and started seeing the opportunities for what they were. And there were opportunities for me to grow and for me to have different conversations with the troops yeah. and to get into their head, save that money. Put that money away, dude. That's one of the things that I love about so, the stuff that you talk about because you hit on that. I mean, your mm -hmm. finances are so important, man. They because are you, because, man, that's you, that's that's a form of modern day slavery. It is, and you put yourself in there. Yeah, and we don't we you know, and it's not just with credit cards, no. but it's that whole structure, everything, that, Mike. That that whole I'm I'm working just to pay my bills, yeah. you know, and that that. But and, you and, don't and that, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. It, it, and it, a lot of it's self imposed. That's the hardest part. It is, yeah, it's self imposed. Like it, 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 it's it's self imposed and it's not self imposed. Okay, go so, yeah. Like, Back and let's say, you know, if we take that the 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 pimp approach to it, mm -hmm. you know, if we look at it like you know, he was a product of that. Yeah. You know what? Hey, save that. We're gonna have another podcast here in a few weeks. <laughs> we we're gonna talk about I want to talk about the system. Uh yeah. we're we gonna get there. This actually might be a we might do our own series where we get together. If you got time in the future, maybe we get together yeah, once a month and, we, you, and we just, we just go, we put a, we put a blanket quote up there and we'll just I'm dissect it. Like so you, we'll man. get there, brother. We'll get there. Yeah. Nah, man, we can, we go on for hours. Cause I feel like, yeah, what once here, right? Mike, I know you, you, you try to lure me in cause you like long podcasts. That's what you're doing. I, huh? Dude. I, you're like, I'm going to, we're going to make this one two hours. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I, I about the whole time. I was it's because when you have somebody good to have a conversation with, you know, and like you said, man, it's it's a, a lot of it's about the conversations, man. I conversation so is the greatest drug, dude. It is, and especially when you learn from them conversations and it makes you better, you know, it's you evolve as a person. Well, you force me to think. Yeah. You just said what you just said because I, that's that black and white sword coming out. Remember, mm -hmm. like. It's self-imposed, but it's really not when you ain't got no other way to think about money. Yeah. You ain't never, the, yeah, my mama yeah. did the same thing that, you know, that I started doing. I just made yeah. more money on a different level because they worked their fingers off to the bone. Even though we didn't have anything, my parents had some of the greatest work ethic I've ever seen. The yeah. problem was, is managing that work ethic and not running on the hamster wheel. But that's for the next generation to learn. Stop running on that hamster wheel. And we'll get there. And, 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 but I've watched, it was from learning from their personal issues and stuff like that, that I've grown. Like I look just like my dad at times. I look just like my mom at times. It's kind of weird. I never thought I looked like my dad. Cause I don't know. It just, I always was a mama's boy. And, uh, but I'm built like my dad, you know? So it's like, yeah. if I can take this human being right now that they gave me, no matter, you know, how homeless we might've been, no matter how, 
things got mismanaged. No, I, I got adopted my senior year, but I don't have any bitterness towards anybody because of grace. Absolutely. People, people that have been addicted like yourself changed my life because they were some of the hardest working people I've ever seen. I knew people who would, they would smoke a pound, come in and knock out all the slicing when I was a general manager, you know, like, obviously I'm like, bruh, you, you stink. Like, I need you to go spray on that cologne, swap the shirt. Like, I know you can do the job, bruh. Like, I got you here because you're the hardest working person I've ever known. But, man, Mike, I have left my store in the middle of a rush to go have <laughs> called on one of my other employees. One of my, he was in the college. And I was like, hey, you're going to drive my car and I'm going to drive his car to the store so we can get him to work. Because he was pulled over by the cops. Yeah. My man ain't had no license. He ain't had nothing. Dude, that's you, a I can smell the that's sauce a, on his breath. That's like, a whole other conversation to have, too. It's deep, man. It's deep. But you know what? I appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking about things. I got a list of things here that we can talk about in a bunch of other episodes. But I also got to work man. in the morning. Now, nah, you good, bro? It, <laughs> man, it's like, I don't even know why we, like, we... I don't think I think the last time we when we when we be on the phone we be talking for like hours and I don't even realize I'm like I gotta you know <laughs> I have that problem. I gotta go but Dude. you know what I, I appreciate you coming on the platform and we're gonna have many more discussions maybe we start a recovery series of identifying things and we run that under the the banner because the hungry millennial network is for everybody. I originally came up with it because I was like, well, I need a network for a platform for millennials. But Instagram was the platform at the time. But I didn't know three years later that I would have some more resources to get a camera, you know, get get these a mic from Amazon. Amazon has been my best friend. And shout out and, to Jeff Bezos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, hey Jeff, if you watch it, dog, we appreciate you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Jeff Bezos. Uh, but yeah, so the hungry millennial network is a banner for everybody, anything. Um, I just wanted to, I had, I don't know if you saw, I deleted the actual hungry millennial network page. Cause I was like, well, if I create a podcast page, then it's kind of a better way to create a band, you know, a banner that Dude, way. It's, a, it's, it's an then, evolution, man. Yeah. And you it know, keeps everything evolving. You do, everything you do is going to be an evolution. But you it, know, and, and on YouTube, you see the old videos, man. It was rough. Like I'm sitting in my car, like you hey, hey, forget positive vibes. It was one of my first videos. I was like, positive vibes ain't gonna get you no results. I was like, my baby mama don't believe in me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, and were I had you, this, were, you, and I, were you going all David Goggins? Oh, I was. And, and the thing <laughs> was yeah, man. I had read that book at the time and I was I was on my black and white truth, you know. That stuff's infectious, like, man. That, that, that energy's but infectious. You gotta, that energy, you got to mold it into what you got. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I ain't going and running no 100-mile marathons no time soon. <laughs> I'll do two mile, 10 miles for fun for myself, but I won't do it on the Army 10-miler. I'm weird. Like, Dude, I just, I, I'm not I, a trend I, person. I you better run faster because something's chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, you know what, I, man, Mike, I appreciate you, man. Our conversations go on and on. So, what? So, do you have any questions for me about anything coming up or, or anything? Any quick, quick fire questions, or is it gonna send us down a rabbit hole? 
<laughs> Dude, I, I just want you to know, man, I really appreciate, you know, not only those, not only those inspiring and kind words, mm-hmm. you know, that you gave me a while back, man, but just your, your thirst for knowledge and your hunger for uh, growth is, is really amazing. I, I really think that people like yourself and myself, uh, we come from very different backgrounds, but I think that we're rarities in this world. People that mm-hmm. can take in new information and grow and change from it. And mm-hmm. I think that people like us, like you say, with that servant leadership heart, uh, really just need to continue stepping out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you're going to do um, um, coming up. So I would like to really, really, like I said, I'm really excited to see what you do now that you're back. I know that you're doing the FedEx thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that you would go on and with I, with the motivation type stuff, because I know that, okay. you, I know that you're really into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You dissect information really oh, well. I'm still going. I'm still going. You know? I got you yeah. next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that 50 cent book. I yeah. actually found out that actually in Audible, they have like, you can clip. Uh, so in Audible, you'll be listening to a chapter. So there's a bunch of books that I've read that I've, I've went through like last couple of years. Now I'm going through each chapter and I'm clipping certain cliff notes in there and I'm typing my thoughts on them. So I'm going to be doing a podcast series on that. So the proactive pragmatism, the review is going to carry on. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about those things. And then I've also got a list of motivational topics, everything from leadership to fitness that I'm going to be addressing. And then I'm also swinging this at the same time. So this is actually the, I'll say, sorry with Carson was the first one. The second was uh, Dana. The third one was Alan Billinger. So this is actually the fourth Millennials Are podcast. It just hasn't been put out yet. So what I want to do is I wanted to feed the beast. And then that way, while I'm gone, because I'm supposed to deploy again. Um, Are you? So this one, I'm like, I could pay off the rest of my student loans and, and be completely debt free. So I'm like, and then I could also learn a lot. You know, it, it's a great opportunity. Um, so I'm supposed to be deploying again, but it's I literally want to push it to where like while I'm gone, like I want 52 plus episodes. So every week they'll still every week content will still launch because I looked back and I, I looked on my YouTube channel and I've got well over 40 different podcast videos. They're like, I, you you realize like you just start posting. You're like, man, I'm covering things like I, I literally I went to Google and I typed in proactive pragmatism and like I've got a space out there it's different right yeah. like so that that's fascinating so that's where that's going like i still got some motivational stuff coming um it's just man you don't realize how much it, all of it is to balance because i'm sending it out the the surveys and then oh, i'm yeah. receiving information and then then me i want to make it personalized for the person like i really want to have a deeper conversation on them so i'm building the bios just like i sent it to you what all questions i was going to go but i'm still like takes, yeah takes and then after it's crazy when you're passionate about something after you're like man i wish i would have asked that question you know <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good and then you're like you know what you're fallible so take notes because you're right. human. So take the notes and then write it down and then talk to them about it later. But that's what I process. that's what I got going on. And so uh, let the guests know how they can reach you and uh, any last minute thoughts you have. So uh, if, if you're interested in, in Take Action today, you can reach us through our Facebook page, um, which is, uh, I think it's T-A-T-So-Ill. Um, 
And then we have, we also have a website, which is takeactiontoday.net, which has been on the ticker. You can reach me through my email. Um, you know, we have some other things that are coming up. We're, all, we're opening that resource center. Uh, we also plan to get, get back to our podcast soon, which I hope to have you on. Um, kind okay. of put you in the hot seat and direct some questions at you a little bit. Okay. You know? And talk about some things because I think you've got some really great stories to tell, uh, you know. But that's okay. All right, that's what you got I, going I'm on. Always in. available for anybody that anybody ever wants to talk about recovery, wants to talk about substance use, homelessness, any of that stuff. I mean, man, I'll talk about anything with anybody. I'm like you. I like hearing the conversations and talking to people. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a podcast with the Mike Tyson on Millennials Are. Uh, he is with Take Action today, Mike. We appreciate you. Ha- we appreciate having you. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on, ladies it. and gentlemen. Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm.